excited about that. One person. I said, we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I've been away for a week, a whole week. It was good to, good to see mum, family. Speaking of family, my brother's here today from Tasmania. Hello, Simon. There he is. That's my brother. First time he's been here. Well, not here, but here anyway. Good to see him. Uh, it, was, it was good for Bonnie to connect with all her family as well. Really appreciate it. It was just a good time. So anyway, we're getting into the word. Father, we want to thank you for this day. And we thank you for the reminder that your word is living and active. And so, God, we just welcome the ministry of your spirit through this time. Lord, we just want to have open hearts to hear your word, oh God, at this time. God, we, Lord, we don't want to be people that just hear but do not understand, that see but do not perceive. So, Father, we ask for open hearts in this place. Lord, open ears to hear, God. Give us revelation. Give us insight. Give us understanding. Give us knowledge where we need it. God, move in our hearts, God. Lord, that as we've sung this morning, that nothing else, nothing else, just you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the breath of your Holy Spirit. I want to share this morning about getting back to normal. What's normal? Good question. I actually think it's quite interesting that when you start to step out of the mundane or the ordinary, you get labeled a fanatic or you get labeled a, you know, over the top or you like, there's all these people stick labels on you, you know, but that's, we're actually trying to reclaim normal. Because the church across our nation is not normal. Not according to this. We want to reclaim normal. And so when I get a chance this morning and over the next few times, we're trying to, obviously more and more people are preaching and sharing the word nowadays. Um, I want to keep putting back to this, getting back to normal, getting back to normal, because that's God's heart for his people, is that we would get back to normal. Normal, biblical Christianity. The word living and active. The Spirit of God moving, manifesting more and more. We want to get back to normal. Amen? Amen? But as I was praying into this morning, I was drawn to start this in a different way. I was like, ooh, but I couldn't get past it. I want to read from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It says, but know this. Hard times will come in the last days. Know this. Hard times will come in the last days. We should not be surprised. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And this is the verse that stood out to me. Holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. 
avoid such people. Holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. You know, I've heard many different people speak about this passage, and I used to read it a certain way until that verse was highlighted to me, holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. I used to read it from a non-Christian perspective in terms of, well, that's pretty obvious. Out there, there's people of lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, disobedient, unholy, irreconcilable, slanderous. That just makes sense. Until I read that verse and the Spirit of God highlighted that verse to me, having a form of godliness, but, but denying its power. And I realized that this is talking about people who come to church and try to do the Christian thing and they hold a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God to transform life. If I could strip it back into the Greek and put it into a very simple language for us to understand, it's saying that people have a religious exterior, yet inwardly are strangers of the power to transform. That's the gospel. The power of God to transform. The power of God to save. The power of God to transform your life and your circumstances. Indeed, your very heart, the very core of you. It's the power of God. It's the gospel. Jesus didn't just come so that when we die, we get a ticket to heaven and we live for him in eternity. Jesus came that we would live life and have the abundant life now and demonstrate his kingdom on earth until he comes. Is there an amen today? That's the power of the gospel to transform. I've seen it. This is our 25th year of leadership in church ministry. I've seen it. I've seen someone who was so filled with anger that when something happened, you know, that when their son, we'll put it this way, when their son got into trouble at school, they'd go down and they'd tear strips off the school. They'd come to church on the Sunday and they'd do what they do and they'd live their life, but, the, but they had a name for, for being hot-headed until <laughs> the Spirit of God grabbed a hold of them and the power of God transformed them in such a way that their son got into trouble at school again and they went down and they had peace and they had calmness and they had love and they had a rest. And the testimony around town was, what has happened to that lady? That is not the same person. We are here today because we are not the same person. We are not who we were. But I'm pretty sure that we can all embrace the power of God to continue to transform us in an area or two or somewhere in our life. Is there an amen? We don't want a form of godliness. We don't want to look all godly. We don't want to put on the Sunday mask. We don't want to put on the Christianese and speak the right things and do the right things. But inwardly, we just, we just not, we just not transform. No, we want to live life from the inside out. It's the message of the new covenant. I will give you a new heart. I'll put my spirit in you and I will move you to follow my decrees. The Spirit of God has come to move us to walk in the ways of God. Amen. And I thought about this. I thought about it. God, transform hearts, transform lives, transform us from the inside out. 
that we would demonstrate your goodness. We would demonstrate your love. We would demonstrate your power. We would walk in the, in the anointing. But we would be righteous and integrous in every area, in every part of our life. And I was thinking about it, and I was drawn to the book of Acts in chapter 2. And when Peter was preaching, there was such an anointing in the place. There was such a move of God that it says when they heard this, they were cut to the core. They were pierced to the heart. And said, what must we do to be saved? And I don't know about you, but that's my prayer thing as I start 2024. God, we need a greater manifestation of your presence and your glory in such a way that anyone that would walk in here, anyone that we would meet down the street, wherever we would find ourselves, is that people would be cut to the heart with the goodness of God because it's the kindness and goodness of God that leads us to repentance. We would come face to face in a sense with him, the glory cloud would fill this place, that we would fall prostrate and the things that are not right in us would be made right. The things that need to go would be gone, that we would demonstrate the full power of the gospel. Is this all right? I feel you want to hear this. You know, it says, it actually it actually, it actually says in 2 Timothy that in, that, in, that in the last days that people will gather around them itching, um, teachers that will speak what their ears want to hear. Now, that's uh, from a negative point of view. It's like, oh, well, we just want to hear, you know, that I am good and God's going to fulfill all my dreams and everything's right, all this kind of stuff. That's the seeker-friendly new age kind of thing that goes off in so many churches nowadays. But the opposite is also true. God places leaders amongst people because they want to hear stuff. And I feel that we want to hear this. I feel because I feel that we hear and there's a stirring in our hearts that we want to see the manifest presence and power of God like we've never seen it before. Not for ourselves, not for our benefit, but for our city and our region and our nation and for the glorification of Jesus Christ, that he would be exalted above all and through all and in all. Is there an amen? We don't want to just read the word of God. We want to be living the word of God. And this is why we need to get back to normal. So in Acts 2, when Peter was preaching and they were cut to the heart, there was a consecration going on. There was a circumcision of hearts going on. I was thinking about it. You know, this is the eighth year that Restoration Centre has been in Bundaberg. And, you know, as I think it's Bruce keeps reminding me that 2024, if you, if you get, you know, adds up to eight. Yeah, two plus zero plus two plus four. I've still got my maths going from my school days. Adds up to eight. Number eight. Number eight of new, of new beginnings. But the number eight of consecration. Jezreel brought a message a couple of weeks ago about as we cross over, the need to consecrate ourselves. The circumcision. I think about, you know, that, that, that the boys would be circumcised on the eighth day, that there'd be a removal of the outer, a removal of the flesh. And I think that that's what God is doing in hearts and lives. There's been a removal of the outer. There's been a removal of the flesh that he would have our hearts. Is there an amen to that? 
We see that in Joshua 3, the consecration. Consecrate yourselves. That's what Jezreel said. Consecrate yourselves in Joshua 3 because you're going to cross over. And we saw before they started to take the land in Joshua 5 that all the men had to be consecrated, uh, consecrated, circumcised. And then yesterday as I was praying, when I was thinking, I was just pondering these things with the Lord, I was led to Joel chapter 2. And it was God's call for repentance. And it says, even now, this is the Lord's declaration. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been experiencing January as I've been going through the prayer and fasting. There's just an increased stirring in my heart for more of God. Has anyone else been experiencing that? As we step into this year, there's an increased yearning and a desire and a stirring in our hearts for more of God. We're not just content with what we've known and where we've been, but we want more of God. Is there an amen? Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And this is the one, rend your heart or tear your heart, not your garments. See, it's not about looking like, here I am with sackcloth and ashes and my clothes are torn because I'm praying, but it's about my heart. Rend your heart, tear your heart, and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in faithful love. That's who he is. He's the father of the prodigal son. The son told him, drop dead, dad, I just don't want, I don't want anything to do with you. I just want what you've got for me. And the son walks away and he spends his inheritance on wild, on wild living and debauchery. You know, and there's, and he comes to a point, he comes to his senses. Where does he come to his senses? In the pig stall. And sometimes we need to get to the bottom of the barrel. Sometimes it's like the Lord says, well, you made that decision, so I'm just going to let you go that course. Because he knows that in the end we get to a place where we go, what, uh, where on earth am I? Where am I in my walk with God? Where am I? The Spirit of God is stirring hearts to return to Jesus and to get back to biblical normal. There's plenty of wokeness out there. That seems to be the word nowadays. Wokeness. There's this thing in the church or segments of the church called progressive Christianity. And I want to tell you, there's nothing progressive about it at all. It's a doctrine from the pit of hell. We are not and we will never be a woke church. We want to get back to biblical normal. There is a removal of the outer to reveal the heart. I think what's important here is that, is that, we, under, that we need to understand the goodness of God, that we need to understand the Father heart of God. Because there's an old saying that goes, Religion says, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. I'm going to run away. True relationship says, I messed up. I need to go and see dad. If you don't know that God is good, if you don't know that Jesus has taken the penalty for all your sins, if you don't know the Father heart of God, if you don't know that, that there's nothing can separate you from the love of the God that is, from the love of the Father that is in Jesus Christ, if you don't know these things, you'll tend to run away from. 
And he's saying, no, 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 come. Run to, come, come to, come to me. All you who are burdened and weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. There's nothing better than running to dad. Nothing better. He just wants our hearts. The thing is that we've gone through experiences in life that often shape our view of who God is. Fathers, principals, teachers. I've had to do ministry with a lot of people whose teachers spoke stuff into their life. You're good for nothing. You're hopeless. You're never going to amount to anything. I've had to minister to people that have had those things spoken over their life through teachers, people in authority. These kind of things put a filter in us that we don't understand who God is. We say, Holy Spirit, remove that. Remove the stuff from the past. Remove those filters that we would know who God really is. That He is good, He is loving, He's kind. And He is right there. The thing about it is, the Father was waiting for the Son. It says that He was waiting for the Son. He's waiting. All the Son had to do was turn. Son turned. And the Father saw him while he was still a long way off. And the Father ran to him and embraced him. That is the heart of our Father God. And that is his heart for you. That is his heart for us. That is his heart. Why does he want our heart? Well, there's lots of reasons. But I guess I want to funnel it through to this. We want to get back to normal. Normal Christianity. Normal. A people set apart, holy, living for God together. Is there amen? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, that's not a singular, that's a plural. You, together, you are a chosen people. Maybe you need to say that this morning. I'm a chosen people. We're a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people for his possession, so that we may proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You see, we were separated. We were separated by by gender, male, female. We separated by race. We separated by culture. We separated from our past. We separated by experience. But in Christ Jesus, we called and we won together in him. There is no male or female, slave nor free, black nor white. We are one together in Jesus Christ. And Bundaberg needs a demonstration of the gospel because our city is divided and our world is divided and our nation is divided. And Bundaberg needs a people that says, you know what? We are from every tribe. We are from every race. We are from every culture. But we stand together as one in Christ and we're going to demonstrate the kingdom of God here on earth. 
His power, His grace, His anointing, His spirit. I was thinking about when we were worshipping that through that song, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. I was, I was taken back to David in his Psalms. David wrote some wonderful Holy Spirit inspired songs that were sung. And he said, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on this earth that I desire besides you. That's the heart right there. There's nothing on this earth that I desire besides you. That's what, in a sense, Troy's testimony and Tom beautifully came in and, and you know, gave it some, some form at the end. That's what it is. It's, it's Jesus. Where do we... Where do we find satis satisfaction? Where do we find this stuff? We, we can't find it in people. We can't find it in possessions. We can't find, find it in titles. We can't find it in leadership positions. We can't find it in this stuff. It can only be found in the one who is Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. Our, our identity is not wrapped up in what we do. It's who we are as the beloved sons of God's. Learning to walk out that sonship to show his authority in this place. Is there an amen? So as the Spirit of God was poured out and they were cut to the heart and they said, what shall we do? Peter replied and he said, repent and be baptized, each and every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a gift. What a gift. If you're struggling to find something to be thankful for, maybe start right there. God, I thank you for the gift of your spirit. I thank you that I'm not under the old covenant where the spirit would just come upon me, but I thank you for your indwelling presence within me. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I think because of stuff in our nation, you know, we can across the width and breadth of the church, that we, we can say, oh, yeah, God the Father and God the Son, but we struggle with, with God the Holy Spirit. We need a greater manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The truth, the truth of this, the truth of God's Word. We don't want to just read about it. We want to live it more and more. I'm thankful for the salvations. I'm thank you. I'm thankful for the healings. I'm thankful for the deliverances. I thank you. I'm thankful for the things that we've seen, but there's a hunger in me to see more. Why? Because I want to see Jesus exalted. Because at the at the moment in our nation, the name of Jesus is just a cuss word. You walk down the street of Bundaberg and you hear his name, but it's not in the name that it's it's not in the way that it should be revered and honored. It's used as a cuss word and as a swear word. I want to see Jesus Christ exalted. I want to see him lifted high because scripture says when he is lifted high, he will draw people to himself. Church, it's time to lift Jesus high. Jesus. Jesus high. In everything, in everything we do, it's time to lift Jesus high. God, lead us into the more. We are thankful for what you've done, oh God, but lead us into the more. Lead us into deeper waters where it's all you and nothing of us. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let us walk upon the waters. Oh, 
This promise is for you, Peter said, and for your children and for all who are far off and as many as the Lord our God will call. Praise God. The gospel is still going out. People are coming into the kingdom daily. With many other words, he testified and he strongly urged them and he said, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. There is no fellowship between darkness and light. There is no fellowship between the world and the kingdom of God. There is no. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Get the stuff out of you that needs to come out that is of the world and live by the Spirit of God. Live by the Spirit of God. Live out the reality of the new birth. Oh, those who accepted his message. I reckon it was a pretty strong message. What do you reckon? I reckon it was a pretty strong message. So those who accepted the strong message (laughs) were baptized. There is no other way. There's only one name that saves. There's only one. They accepted his message and they were baptized. They put their trust in Jesus that day. And about 3,000 people were added. What took place? We can focus on this. We can focus on the fact that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We can focus on that there was awe and wonders and signs were being happening. We can focus on the fact that people were selling goods and possessions and they were sharing with people in need. We can focus on the fact that they met together every day in some form. They broke bread. They, they, they had meals together. They prayed together. You know, we can focus on all this. That, though, is the overflow of the reality of the new birth. You see, we can focus on what transpired, the doing part, or we can focus on the being part. That they were cut to the heart, to the point, where they said, what must I do to be saved? And the Spirit of God came into them. And they were born again from above into the kingdom of God. And they just started living out heaven on earth. They didn't need programs. They didn't need events. They didn't need certain things because the reality of the new birth was being lived out. Because when you're born again, you want a fellowship with other believers. It's true. When you're born again, you want to pray. When you're born again, you want to get into the Word. When when you're born again, you carry the anointing of God to heal the sick, raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy and to drive out demons. You realize that we can't take anything from this world with us. When you're born again, you go... How can I help my brother or my sister or my neighbor? You see, all that is so opposite to the world, isn't it? Me, me, I, I. It's so opposite. But when we're born again, there's a deposit of God in us. We start to walk it out. 
God's calling us back to normal. To see the ecclesia, the gathered people of God, the holy nation, a people for his possession, begin to rise. To use Liz's words, arise and shine for the glory of God is upon you. See, darkness is over the earth and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord in his glory rises upon you. And you need to personalize that for your life. You, the Lord is saying to you, arise and shine the glory of God. Don't look around you at the darkness. Don't, don't look around at the circumstances. Don't let feelings dictate to you. But arise and shine the glory of God because his glory shines upon you. As surely as the sun will rise tomorrow over the Pacific Ocean, his glory has risen upon you. So our prayer is, Lord, remove those things that need to be removed. Grant us revelation where we need revelation. God, have your way in my heart. Here I am. You know, that's the, the new song we sang. Um, Lord, I need you. That's not called that. What's it called? Every hour. But it reminds me of the hymn that I used to sing. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. You're my one. Defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement that your word brings to us. And Lord, we thank you for the stirring that you're doing amongst your people across the globe. For the stirring of your spirit, the breath, I see it like the breath of the spirit that's happening across the globe. That there is a removal of things that need to be removed. That we could walk in the fullness of what God has always had for us. So Lord, this morning we ask, God, that you would remove those things in us that need to be removed. Oh God, that we would walk in greater glory, in greater fullness of what was purchased for us at Calvary. We shake off that which needs to be shaken, shaken off. And Lord, we walk with our eyes fixed upon you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We thank you today. And we thank you for the gift of your spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Is that your prayer today? Holy Spirit, have your way in me. That's a good prayer to pray. It can be a little bit dangerous because God starts to have his way in you. <laughs> but it is a good prayer to pray. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Jesus, here I am. Everything, I'm yours. So let's go on this journey in 2024. Amen. Let's get back to normal. Amen. Music team, you want to come? Yeah. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. There's some great morning tea out the back. 
I know that because I've seen it. If you need prayer for anything this morning, prayer for healing, prayer for deliverance, prayer for encouragement, prophecy, whatever is needed, just to encourage you to come. The prayer team are here. They'll pray for you. They'll speak the word of God to you. They'll lift you up.